Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can. For $3 a month, just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have two other podcasts out there, Pucks and Cups, and From John to Justin, available on all podcast platforms. This episode is sponsored by the town of Kindersley. As usual, when I look at a community's history, I'm going to be looking at the various aspects of the history rather than a chronological look. So let's begin. The Indigenous the area around Kindersley was occupied by the Blackfoot for thousands of years, as they followed the bison herds that once moved through the area. Several early settlers described seeing whitened bison bones on their land when they first arrived, symbols of a long-gone species from the prairie. As Europeans and Canadians began to settle in eastern Canada, the Cree and the Métis began to move out into the Kindersley area as the 1800s moved towards the 20th century. In regards to the bison the indigenous followed, they would leave their mark in another way, which I will get to later in this episode. The Founding of the Community The first settler to the area was W.R. Tyndall, who arrived in 1907 and built a sod house, and then began to break the land using oxen. As the Canadian Northern Railway came through the area, the community that would be Kindersley would spring up. As people heard that the railroad was coming through, people began to buy up land on the hope that they would own valuable property along the railroad. Eventually, word came that a section of land had been purchased by the railroad, which sent many to the spot where a grocery store, bank, and a hardware store would operate out of tents. The site would be staked out by surveyors on October 5, 1909, and was named for Sir Robert Kindersley, a major shareholder in the Canadian Northern Railway. Lots were being sold on the town site in 1909 by the company to create the core of this future community. By the end of 1909, the community had a hotel, pool hall, five lumber yards, several restaurants, two doctors, a butcher, and many houses. Water for the early town was also drawn from the Ramsey's Spring, and coal was brought from Edmonton. In 1910, Kindersley was incorporated as a town and quickly grew from there. One of the first tasks of this new community was the organization of a volunteer fire brigade, which helped ensure that Kindersley was not a victim of frequent terrible fires, as many other communities in the area were. In 1912, the Mackenzie School was built, which would become a regional school soon after, and in 1924, a high school was built. By this point, the community boasted 1,000 people. In 1912, telephone service arrived from Saskatoon, followed by an electric and water system. The first private hospital in the community was also established in 1912, which was taken over by the community in 1915, becoming one of the first municipal hospitals in all of Saskatchewan. Another building built in 1912 was the Covered Skating and Curling Rink. That building would last until 1934 when it was destroyed in a fire. In 1914, the Motherwell Dam was built to provide water to the community as well as from the South Saskatchewan River. As with many other places in the area during the Great Depression, times were tough, but the Canadian National Railway provided the payroll for many in the community. Despite the tough times, a swimming pool was built in the community to give residents something to do during the hot summer days, 
making Kindersley one of the few smaller communities to have a public pool. In 1936, the first oil refinery was built, but it would close the following year. This would be a sign of things to come, and today, the oil industry is one of the major employers in Kindersley. The most destructive fire in the history of Kindersley would occur on February 8, 1934, when the skating rink and curling rink were destroyed by a terrible fire. Prior to this fire, Arvis Martin had held a skating party for the grade 5 students of the school. By the 1940s, Kindersley was thriving, with several stores and entertainment venues lining the main street. In the 1960s, pavement was put down in the community, and by the 1970s, the community had grown enough that it needed a new subdivision, which was named Rosedale. By 2016, the town had a population approaching 5,000 people. The Addison Sod House National Historic Site there was a time when a sod house could be found nearly anywhere on the Saskatchewan prairie. These houses were often the first place that a new arrival to Canada lived. They kept the heat out in the summer and kept the heat in during the winter. For many, it was a vital part of their survival during those early years breaking in the land before a proper house could be built. And while most sod houses are long gone as they were typically torn down once a proper house was built, Kindersley is lucky enough to still have one. Near to Kindersley in the RML of Oakdale, you will find the Addison Sod House National Historic Site of Canada. Originally built by James Addison between 1909 and 1911, the modest farmhouse is one of the best preserved examples of early sod construction. The Addison House, which was originally covered in vines for weatherproofing and now has exterior cladding, survives as this early example of these homes. Located on the open and flat prairie, the house is a one-and-a-half-story building with an inward-sloping exterior walls and a low-hipped roof that give the house a pyramid shape that is incredibly unique. The care by which Addison built the house and put down the sawed bricks has helped the house survive longer than any other of its kind. The house was made a National Historic Site due to its representation of how early settlers lived in July of 2003. The Ukrainian Catholic Parish of St. John the Baptist Located 20 kilometers southwest of Kindersley, you will find a small wood-framed church that was built in 1944, along with a one-room schoolhouse that was moved to the property in 1961 for use as a parish hall. The church, known as the Ukrainian Catholic Parish of St. John the Baptist, was built by the local Ukrainian Catholic community that settled as part of a wave of Ukrainian immigrants to Canada after the First World War. The church was built on land donated, using donated funds to finance the project and volunteer labour among the parishioners to build the church building. At the time, wartime scarcity made it hard to find building materials, but the local residents persevered and worked hard to find what they needed. For over 40 years, the church served as a local place of worship and many would come from long distances to attend services. It was also an important cultural and social centre for the area. By 1986, the rural area population was beginning to decline, and the church closed its doors. But the church stands to this day as a testament to the hard work and determination of the early Ukrainian settlers in the area. On April 11, 2000, it was named a municipal heritage property by the Saskatchewan government.
Buffalo Rubbing Stone Provincial Park Throughout the Canadian prairies, the bison once roamed in massive numbers. They would dominate the landscape, a giant carpet of life moving across the prairies. Of course, they are mostly long gone except for in enclosed areas and in national parks. But remnants of those herds can still be found if you know where to look. Kindersley is one such place, and you just need to go 30 kilometers west of town to find the Buffalo Rubbing Stone Provincial Historic Site. This site, which runs for half a hectare, features a large polished boulder sitting on a patch of native prairie. The boulder is unique because of a deep rut worn around the perimeter. The polished surface of this boulder and the encircling rut was the result of generations of bison rubbing against the boulder to alleviate itching and to remove winter coats. This boulder serves as a reminder of the animal that once dominated the landscape. Another aspect that makes this site unique is the fact that these boulders, often left by glaciers retreating, were mostly removed to clear the prairies for the planting of crops. And due to the historic nature of this site, it was recognized as a provincial historic site on August 21, 1986. The Kindersley Museum When you head over to Kindersley, be sure to stop at the Kindersley and District Plains Museum. The museum celebrates the community's beginnings in 1909 and includes many artifacts through the years from the community's history. There are also several exhibits including a general store, hospital, and barber shop. If you're looking to do research, you can check out the catalogue of the area homesteads. And you can also see the fire hall, a furnished Eaton's house, the Anglican church, a finished schoolhouse, and even a furnished CN station. Also included in the museum is a wall of pictures from Kindersley's history, a salt and pepper shaker collection, and more. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms, and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call one 866 285-2253 The Great Wall of Saskatchewan Saskatchewan is not known for its stone walls, and while it's not the Great Wall of China, if you drive 15 minutes northeast of Kindersley, you will come to the Great Wall of Saskatchewan. This wall was the project of a man by the name of Albert Johnson, it all began in 1962 when Johnson, aged 52, began to arrange stones to form a wall after he began clearing them off the surrounding farmland of his property. 
Johnson would not stop there, though, spending the next 29 years building this wall. Over the course of the decades, he would transport stone to the area, and the stones were placed so that the wall could support itself without the need for cement or mortar. On the outer layer of the wall, the stones were placed so that they tapered inward using specially shaped stones to prevent the wall from moving. The interior of the wall was filled with small and odd-shaped stones, and spruce trees were also planted along the wall to provide protection from the wind. A sod house built in 1986 was also completed and is located next to the stone wall. And by the time of its completion, the stone wall had a 6-foot base stretching for nearly 2,000 feet with an average height of 6 to 12 feet in places. Johnson would pass away at the age of 92 in 2001. The Great Sandhills If you want to walk on dunes of the type you would see in the Sahara Desert, you only need to go a short distance south of Kindersley. It is there you will find the Great Sandhills. These huge sand dunes are completely out of place on the prairies, but they are a very unique place to visit. Covering an area of 1,900 square kilometers, the Great Sandhills are one of the largest set of active sand dunes in all of Canada. These dunes rise far above the landscape, as high as 15 to 20 meters, and cover several hectares of land each. They make for not only a unique experience, but for some great opportunities for pictures. As for why these sandhills are here, that can be explained by the last ice age. It was during the retreat of the glaciers that the giant ice sheet that covered Saskatchewan when massive amounts of sand were deposited by the glaciers. As the glaciers melted, they formed immense lakes that existed for hundreds of years in some cases before disappearing forever. Once the lakes disappeared, the sand was all that remained. Notable Residents one of the most notable individuals to come from Kindersley is Bill Baker, also known as The Undertaker. Born in Manitoba but growing up in Kindersley, he would play junior football for the Regina Rams in 1963 before making the jump to the Canadian Football League where he played 174 games over 11 seasons for the Saskatchewan Roughriders and the BC Lions. During his career, he was a division all-star five times and won the Most Outstanding Defensive Player Award in 1976. Following his retirement from playing in 1978, he would serve as the general manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders from 1987 to 1988. In 1994, he was inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame and in 2006 was ranked number 43 on the list of the top 50 CFL players in history. He would play the game on the philosophy of, quote, Your opponents are only as tough as you let them be. Known as The Undertaker, Bill Baker had a distinguished 11-year career in the Canadian Football League. He spent eight seasons in Saskatchewan and played three years with the BC Lions. Over his 174-game career, his motto was simple. Your opponents are only as tough as you let them be. When all else failed, he had the great equalizer, a forearm smash to the head. Baker won the Shenley Award for Outstanding Defensive Player in 1976. He made the All-Canadian team at his defensive end position four times, and he made the All-Western team five times. Baker played in the Grey Cup game twice, in 1969 and 1972, and was the Canadian Football League's President and Chief Operating Officer in 1989. 
to cap off a great career, Bill Baker was inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in 1994. Bob Bourne was born in Kindersley on June 21, 1954, and excelled in both baseball and hockey. He would sign with the Houston Astros and played one season with the Appalachian League with the Covington Astros, where he was on a team with Clark Gillies, who would be a future teammate in the NHL. In 1974, Bourne was drafted by the Kansas City Scouts, but lucky for him, he was traded to the New York Islanders before ever playing for the expansion team that only lasted two years. With the Islanders, he would join a growing nucleus of players that would become some of the best the NHL had ever seen. Between 1977 and 1981, Bourne would top 30 goals three times and reach a career high in points with 76 in 1981. Along the way, he would win four Stanley Cups in a row with the team from 1980 to 1983 and led the team in playoff scoring in 1983. Let's update the Islanders win another Stanley Cup. And Billy Smith speaks his mind. Bob Bourne of the Islanders will be my special guest for tribute to the Stanley Cup champions. Won their fourth straight Stanley Cup championship Tuesday night, eliminating Edmonton in four straight games. Experts are now calling the Islanders the greatest hockey team in history. Better man for man than the legendary Montreal Canadiens. Over the Edmonton Oilers, and one of the men responsible for that win, number 14 of the Islanders, Bob Bourne, a left winger. He's with us this evening, our guest on Sports Update. First of all, Bob, congratulations. Four rings already. Next year, you go one for the thumb, right? <laughs> number five. All right. The old uh, Pittsburgh slogan. <laughs> That's right. When you look at, I guess when you were leaving the ice the other night, uh, 30 seconds after the, the, the buzzer had sounded. Yeah, we uh, just talked about that, Charlie, <laughs> before we came out. Uh, I, could, I can remember just going through the glass and uh, just got the cup down and giving it to somebody else. And all I could hear was, uh, let's go for five. Is it a reality? What, I mean, you know, when you, you spoil your fans after a while, when you win four of anything straight in a row, uh, if you win four straight games in the regular season, they want you to win the fifth. But when you go to the top of the, the ladder, as you have done over the last four years, going for number five has got to be an even greater task. What do you do to improve? And you've got to figure if you do something and upset the apple cart, they're going to be on you. Well, it's really hard to put your finger on it, but uh, I, I don't think they can do an awful lot with this team, and uh, I know they don't want to make any big changes. Uh, I see a lot of talk about, you know, Billy Smith and a couple of other guys uh, with possibility of being moved, but uh, Mr. Torrey and Mr. Arbor have kept the nucleus on this team of certain players, and they've built around it, and they brought in some fresh new talent to uh, maintain a, a, a certain level. He would find himself in the Los Angeles Kings in 1986 and play two seasons with them. In 1988, he was awarded the Bill Masterson Trophy for Perseverance and was honored as one of the several Athletes Who Care by Sports Illustrated for his work with disabled children. Upon his retirement, he would coach various teams, and on November 25, 2006, he was inducted into the New York Islanders Hall of Fame. I hope you enjoyed that look at Kindersley, and if you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com you can visit my website where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to CanadaEHX.com. And again, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to Patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. Just like all of these wonderful patrons have. And I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Diane Wade, Lori Ann Kirby, Gary Dolovich, Nick Zinri, Pamela Elder, Shannon Marshall, 
Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., Vic Hedges, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. As well, you can find me on Facebook. Just search for Canadian History X. Remember, that's E-H-X. I'm on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And don't forget, you can find me on Instagram. Just search for Bairdo37. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.